Hi, it's Martin here from uh, Robson Laidler. Today I have with me Simon from Sushi Me Rolling. Um, Sushi is a great example of a business that has had to change dramatically during this lockdown. And I've got Simon here to tell us about it. Hi there, Simon. Do you want to just give us a brief intro on who you are and what you do, first of all? So I'm Simon. Uh, I'm one of the founding members of Sushi Me Rolling, which is just a small independent sushi bar. Uh, that we run in the centre of Newcastle. Uh, we originated from just working together at, uh, at restaurants and then, yeah, moved forward to open a sushi bar. Um, originally, we were a small restaurant, but obviously now with the pandemic, we've had to sort of spread our wings and, uh, and start a delivery service, which everything considered is going very well. So, yeah, we can't complain. Good. Um, it, it, delivery was never part of your plan. You never previously delivered. So originally we were, had the sort of slogan of putting the fun back in fine dining. Uh, we were all fine dining chefs uh, by trade, uh, by one of the lads who has always been a sushi chef. Um, but we actually met in a fine dining restaurant. Um, the pressure that comes with fine dining and working in that sort of environment was sort of growing and growing and growing. And we decided just to do something a bit differently. Uh, so we had sort of a relaxed fine dining experience. So you were sort of getting the uh, pizzazz, if you will, of, you know, really beautifully presented sushi, uh, but just in a more relaxed dining experience and uh, just a bit more personal. You know, it's sort of a sushi bar so you could talk to the chefs, but we we never did a delivery service just because we didn't want to compromise the product because sushi should be served fresh and as it's rolled. Um, so we didn't want to sort of, you know, take what we were doing, putting them on these beautiful plates that we're getting from the kiln in the Usburn, which are hand-thrown. Um, and we didn't want to compromise having that beautiful sort of aesthetically pleasing plate and then putting it in a box and putting it in the back of a delivery bag. And then, you know, by the time it gets to you at your house and it just becomes a box of sort of rice and fish that's mixed together rather than this sort of piece of artwork. So, yeah, we never had delivery as a plan originally. So, so it's interesting because... It sounds like you've been on a bit of a journey then, because of course it was either deliver or die now, presumably. So how did you get around those original fears about delivery? We sort of had a brief insight into what was coming with the pandemic. Um, we have relatives uh, close and friends close who all work within the NHS, uh, which I must also say now, uh, the NHS, phenomenal. Um, it has our full support. Uh, but anyway, yeah, um, beside the point, we uh, we had a small insight into what may happen. Um, and we sat down the week before the lockdown and we just said, look, we're going to have to sort of move forward with something. I know it's not what we want to do, but it will be what we have to do to survive as a business. Uh, we closed the doors to the actual restaurant quite early on. I think it was four days before the actual sort of whole lockdown thing happened. And we made sure that we isolated away from anyone else. Luckily, my business partner, Kurt, and I uh, live together. Um, so we were able to sort of stop being with anyone else uh, just to make sure we didn't have any symptoms or anything like that. And just to make sure everything was safe and uh, conducted in sort of a safe manner. So we were able to do that very early on. And we just agreed that we would then cut the menu down, simplify it slightly. Um, and then, yeah, run it as a delivery service. We, we do quite a unique thing called a build your own. So we're in sushi, um, 
a lot of the time, if you go to like these places, Yo Sushi, that sort of place, every role is as you get it. And we had to build your own role whereby you could decide exactly what you wanted in it. Now, this wouldn't work on delivery because obviously people would want to ask questions about what stuff was and how stuff worked together. So we just simplified it slightly and made it just so it would still travel well and still eat well on arrival. So yeah, we decided early on that if we didn't give delivery a go, we would probably go under as a company. Obviously, a lot of other people in, in certainly I would say the last two, three years, services like delivery and just eat have exploded. Um, you haven't gone down that route. The delivery services, Deliveroo, Just Eat, um, I mean, there are others as well. They obviously have to charge a certain percentage to be able to run as a company. Um, and that's their business model, and it's fantastic. Um, I think for us, having drivers coming who we didn't know whether they were living in a house of 10, 20, 1, 2, we, we, you don't know where they're coming from, or you don't have that guarantee. And we only have a, a small in terms of sort of the world customer base so you know we have sort of like seven thousand followers on social media and loyal customers who know us and i think it was very important and still is very important that when we do our instagram posts and then we make the food and deliver the food i think it's very important for the customers receiving our product to see us uh, because they feel safe in the knowledge there, knowing that they're getting something from someone who is a trusted person to them uh, yeah. So we're actually doing everything ourselves from uh, setting up the delivery site on Square, which was recommended to us by you guys. Um, they made it really easy. Basically, what happens is we put together sort of like a, a thing through their app. You click on the link, put everything in, uh, it saves any transactions or anything, saves any cash. So everything's contact free. Uh, the delivery uh, note then gets printed off on our printer. Um, we then make the food in sort of, you know, batches of 10s, 20s, whatever, and deliver to certain postcodes, but we do it all ourselves. So it cuts out the middleman in terms of safety for us, making sure everything's safe. And it just stops us having to pay a percentage, which it's six and two threes. You know, we pay a lot on petrol. The insurance goes up slightly. Um, but at the same time, I think where we're at now in the world in terms of People needing that trust level. I think it was the only way we could really do it safely at the time. So, good. So it's, it's, it sounds like if you've you've pivoted quite well. Then I certainly I know within a few hundred yards of me, there's cafes that are simply closed, and there's others that are doing very very limited menus and with mixed results. I'll say you, you guys. I mean, just before we started recording this, you suggested that you were fairly flat out. Is that? Is that, is that a reasonable thing to say? You're pretty busy five days a week? Well, we, sh we shut Monday, Tuesday now, uh, just because trying to get supplies on a Sunday is impossible. Um, and our fish supply now can't supply throughout the week. It's limited days just because they've had to break down to a skeleton team. Our veg supplier can't get to the wholesalers, but you know they're delivering two, three times a week. So it's just a case of us trying to sort of Damage limitations, possibly not the right phrase, but I'll go down that route of, you know, if we shut two days a week, we then take a little bit of pressure off ourselves in terms of suppliers and we can stick with our local uh, veg supplier. That pays, you know, their wage and their bills for them. Um, our fish suppliers, they're excellent at what they do, but we want to stick with those suppliers. So when we come through on the other side, these guys are still here. 
Um, so the five days a week we are open then I think are a lot busier as well because it's not spread across the seven days. Um, also, there's, you know, there's still pizza places, that sort of thing open, but I think people do want a sort of healthy option, if you will. And obviously, as one of the last standing sort of food vendors and sushi places open, I think that does give us a sort of gap in the market to um, to hit. And I think being flat out, it's just because there's two of us. So the capacity that we can do is limited to a safe yeah. manner. If we wanted, we could double it. We could take a chef on, we could take two drivers on. But then again, we are then back in a close proximity service whereby we are with people, which is something we don't want to do. For like, we, yeah. It's not that we don't want to be around people, but <laughs> we can't be because of everything that's going on. So yeah, yeah. in terms of you our capacity, try and minimize we are, the risk. You've got to minimize exactly, the risk. Exactly. We're just minimizing the risk of what we're doing. And we're also making sure that the product is still the best it can be, which means it is limited. So people do miss out, but you know, there's always going to be the week after as well. So then that also pushes the demand up. Yeah. Um, Simon, the government have, of course, introduced a whole load of initiatives to try and help people in business, workers, the self-employed and, and a whole host of other things. Where, where do you sit at the moment? I'll, I'll try not to lead you either way. Are you, are you fairly happy or are you disappointed? We, I, I don't pretend to be the best businessman in the world. Um, I'm learning every single day about business. I only started learning about, you know, tax, VAT, that sort of thing two years ago. And it's been a massive learning curve for us. When the grants were announced, I have to admit, uh, I wasn't overly excited because we see a lot of people now saying, oh, well, you know, it's £330 billion been injected into the economy. £330 billion is undoubtedly a lot of money. Um, and it is a good parachute for a lot of businesses. I think for us, we were at a stage whereby a year ago, it wouldn't have been enough. And a year in future, when we had staff, it wouldn't have been enough. We're at a stage whereby we are looking to expand or were, but possibly not for a year or two now. But um, you know, you, you get a, a £10,000 grant as a small business for us, that covers your three months rent. If you're not trading for three months, that's your three months rent paid, but you've still got bills to pay, you've still got yourselves to pay, your landlord at your house, if you're renting or your mortgage, still needs paying. So this £10,000 that these small businesses are getting, it, it, covers your, it covers your rent and it takes a certain level of pressure off. But unless you then take a loan if you're not trading i don't believe you'll be able to carry on because for a lot of companies like uh small businesses uh, a personal favorite of mine for instance meat stack they do the most phenomenal burgers um they're a fantastic group of guys uh, but they have staff and they have numerous properties so for companies like them the grant for instance in my opinion, probably won't cover everything that they need it to, and they can't yeah. trade. So I think in terms of, is it, a, is it a good thing? Yes, it is a good thing, but it's more of a pain reliever at the time um, and something to sort of people say, oh, well, you know, this is a good gesture, but I don't think it will cover enough to keep, I don't know, 70%, 80% of businesses open after this. Do you think it's as high as that? Because I've been speaking to others and not that, I mean, people are reluctant to put a number on it, but everyone agrees this will 
weed out, for what the better word, the weaker businesses and anyone who did have reserves, anyone who, and it may just be fortune and misfortune rather than strong and weak. Um, you know, 70 to 80% is a fairly high, fairly high number, isn't it? Do you think it will be I, as bad as that? I'm not a pessimist and I'm not an optimist. I sit in the middle of the fence a lot of the time. I think in terms of that percentage is probably me looking at the very bad end of the scale. But that's only because I wouldn't like to say, oh, well, everyone will be fine coming out of this. Um, but if you look at how bad the figures have been made out over the sort of the news and things like that, and then you look back to previous recessions, yeah, people are, I think, saving a little bit of money at the minute because there's no shopping to go and do. Uh, people can't go out on weekends away. So people are saving money now. But when the world does return to normal, how many of these people are going to go out and spend all this money that they've saved? Or how many people who have the small businesses have actually managed to save money to reopen their businesses? Yeah, I, I don't. I, I think it's a very it's a very fine balance. And uh, yeah, I do think that uh, uh, quite well. Yeah, I'd, I'll drop my percentage slightly then, but I won't put a figure on it. But I do think a lot of very good businesses as well won't be able to come back from it, um, which will be an absolute shame because. You know, no, no, well, nobody deserves for this to happen. So no, no. What um, if you've touched on this slightly, and in, in the fact that the way you've pivoted perhaps is a suggestion that I know, I know, I know how you'll answer this. But do you think, certainly, the longer we're in lockdown, do you think that will change the behaviour of people, businesses, society in general? I think for us what we're doing now is not an accurate representation monetary wise of how well we're doing. I think we are sort of, yeah, it's a niche product. Um, but I think we have to take into account the fact that, you know, everything has doubled and tripled in price for us. So we, for instance, usually pay, I don't know, let's say 10 quid for a box of red peppers. And now to get them from the wholesalers, it's, you know, 25 pounds a box. Um, so in terms of how we're actually doing, I think, yeah, we are doing great in terms of uh, how much we can do. Um, but I, I think that, you know, when other places start open, it'll drop off a little for us. But I do think the support will still be there for small businesses. I think after the pandemic, I think everyone will hug each other a little harder if they're allowed. Um, and I think that everyone will sort of be a bit more grateful for things. Um, I do find it very very difficult sometimes when uh in the past when i've seen the nhs get slated for small things um i find that difficult to watch obviously having family in it um but i think now there'll be a greater appreciation for our sort of healthcare services uh that sort of thing um but in terms of back to your original question um i think that people will sort of come together a lot more as a society and i think they will support each other a lot more um i certainly know from uh, us personally, like we have every intention of trying to help everyone we can as soon as this is over, get back on their feet. And yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's been a absolute horrible nightmare situation. But I think that coming out of it, people will come out of it a lot stronger and a lot more togetherness, if you will. So the the, the old concept of big society. Do you think think do you think people are more likely to buy local, more likely to support their local producers? Suppliers. I hope so. I really hope so. I, I, some of the suppliers around here, I mean, there's a place called Block and Bottle, which is in Gateshead. Um, and 
up until recently, I don't think that was hugely busy. I mean, I know they were doing really well. But I, don't, I think I've, every time I've driven past it recently, there's a queue. And obviously, social distancing, there has to be a queue. Yeah. But it's always busy. And I, I really hope that people do shop local. The Granger Market in the centre of Newcastle, the fruit and veg coming out of there, like I know our supplier, um, they are phenomenal. Their sort of fruit and veg choice and the quality is second to none. It's better than the supermarkets who, yeah. you know, you could buy a net of onions from the supermarket and two will be rotten and you'll throw them away and you don't think anything of it. But if you bought the onions from your local supplier, for instance, if they were bad, they would change them for you straight away. So hopefully people will support local and people will uh, start to, you know, support the local butchers a bit more. And there's phenomenal places out there that are doing great things that haven't been recognized because of the convenience of going to what was originally a convenience store, Tesco, that sort of place. Yeah. I don't want the big chains to collapse. I like going there to get my toilet roll, that sort of thing. But I do think that there will be a lot more recognition for small local businesses, yeah. Good. Long, long may continue because uh, I'm a firm believer that small businesses, it's quite corny, but it's the backbone of any economy. And I think, I think business has to be easy to start, not necessarily easy to succeed in, but I think you have to have a, an, an economy that will support people starting up and trying. Otherwise, I, to I would totally otherwise, agree with that. Otherwise, what I kind think... of economy is it? I think if you monopolize the economy into just big vendors such as McDonald's or uh, your Tesco's or that sort of place, I think if that was monopolized, it would just become a society of sort of drones of people that just want to do the same thing all the time. It's not easy by any means to start a business, but there are steps and people like yourselves who can help you out so much that it can be made into a simple process. As long as you have a good idea and something that will work, I don't see why it can't work if people support it for what it is. Um, it's not always the product that people support. Sometimes it's the people. But either way, I think, yeah, local economy and sort of local products are the backbone of society. Like people who come to Newcastle, any of my friends now, you know, the Nando's is really good in Newcastle. But I don't take them to Nando's. I take them to the Granger Market to try the pizza, to try the bow yeah. buns, to try the burgers, you know, or I go to Omni on the Corner or all these awesome local little places because people want that. Um, and as long as it's accessible and they come back from this, I, I'm sure people will go back to it all. Good. Simon, can I just take from you one tip um, on any topic you want? <laughs> just for other people out there in lockdown at the moment? Could business, self, you know, improvement, anything you want? Uh, my one tip for lockdown would be keep your mind entertained. Um, I know for myself, uh, anytime I stop, I start thinking negatively. And luckily for us, I am out the house five days a week now. But even the two days I'm at home, I sit in the house. Um, and you know, I go out and get my hour exercise and don't get me wrong. I don't like running, but I'll go and run for an hour because it just clears my mind out. Um, I've started relearning French, uh, which is a travesty really, because, you know, we all study French for two years at school and everyone knows how to say bonjour, but that's about as far as it goes. Um, so yeah, just keep your mind active, 
and uh, and try and keep yourself entertained. Um, because by doing that, sort of, you will then give out positive energy to everyone else. And I think as long as everyone can sort of stay sane for the next month or two, I think everyone will come out of it on the other side feeling uh, feeling all right. I was trying to think of how I can close this conversation in French, but I haven't got enough words. What I can say is au revoir, and I can say merci. Uh, and that's a little I've got, so thank you very much, Simon. Oui, merci bien. <laughs> Obviously, next time I see you, I'll open with some French, just to see how you're getting on. Yeah, see how the French learning's coming along. I can do the introductions, well, yeah. but not the leaving. Yeah, that, that's all set, but I can't demonstrate it now because we're close. A, a great, a great get out in French is uh, "merci à la prochaine." So it's like um, it's like slang, if you will, and it's just like "thank you" until next time. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'll, I'll leave you with "merci à la prochaine." Parfait. <laughs>